0: Shalom, this is Resilient One, and I wanted to talk to you guys about the time <clears throat> I survived, and honestly, I'm still going through it, but it's a smear campaign. What exactly is a smear campaign? A smear campaign is something that's some, you know, it could be a person, it could be a group, it could be, it could be your family, it could be. It could be your husband, your wife, your child, um, smear, you know, usually people who do smear campaigns, usually politicians, but a smear campaign is made to have a negative impact on someone's reputation. And it's also, um, falls in line with propaganda, you know, so, Excuse me if I'm swallowing all up in your ear. So a smear campaign is there to damage someone's credibility. It's also there to, it it also helps in manipulating other people who are audience, the target audience and miscellaneous audience. And, you know, the people who usually participate in Smear campaigns are people who are butt hurt, people who have something to hide, people who are abusive, liars, cheaters, deceivers, betrayers. You know, sometimes smear campaigns can be um, long, ongoing for a long period of time. Sometimes it can be just short. It could be just a day, two days. Somebody decides, oh, I'm going to expose this person and I'm going to tell everybody about what this person did and, you know... The thing about a smear campaign is There's a lot of There's there's truth, a little bit of truth But a whole lot of lies Mixed in with a smear campaign And that's what makes it more credible To those looking, looking um, in For me, smear campaigns don't work I look at people sideways who tell me Unless I hear it myself And that's how I roll Because a lot of people out here nowadays Are just very manipulative I don't really go by rumors you know unless you know again unless somebody is the person who's telling me is very credible and again they better be telling me something because my life's in danger when people repeat stuff to me i know there's a there's a hidden agenda normal people don't go around talking about people at least i don't i don't go around you know my life is not i'm not obsessed with talking about other people to other people unless i'm mad at them but i bet you guarantee it i ain't gonna be lying on them I tell my truth and I'll tell yours too. So, with that being said, <clears throat> when you decide to leave a target uh, a target, when you decide to leave a toxic person, a psychopath, any type of cluster B personality disorder, a narcissist, borderline, whatever, they engage in this lovely thing with a smear campaign but quiet as it's kept, the smear campaign happens before you get involved with that person. It happens even sometimes right after you meet that person. So while the narcissist or toxic person is love bombing you, making you feel like you found everything you ever wanted, they're also going behind your back and telling people your secrets. Are telling people you're an alcoholic. Are telling people whatever the hell they make up they're telling people it but they're not telling him out of malice it's out of concern it's like sister samsung i noticed that she comes to work late and she has powder under her nose and she be hell hyper i don't know you know i know she was she used to, you know sister don't got the woman don't got nothing going on but the person who's saying these making up these stories <clears throat> They have a hidden agenda. Sister Samsung, she might have, you know, she might be going for the same job. So sister Chastise decides to make up stories, you know. So for me, I went through a smear campaign. And... Mind you guys, I have been through hmm, short-term smear campaigns where somebody's just trying to save their ass. Um, There was allegedly, I ain't going to go into the smear campaigns that I I had went through. I'm not going to go through them, but you know, they're short-lived. They don't last that long. Um, You know, maybe about a week. The ones that I had where somebody decided to expose me and the exposure worked on one case. And it didn't really work on that case. It's just the judge didn't really see it my way. But either which way, I I, I disengaged with that person for life. Um, this other smear campaign that was warred against me, that was about two weeks a week. And it was it was around the time my mother died, too. So my little sister decided to do some really horrible stuff and um, decided to lie and make up stories and. Luckily for me, uh, my family all checked her and actually just decided to cut her off because they, you know, they saw through her, her stuff. You know, you don't do that. We, we just lost a, a family member and you're being messy. You're stealing, you know, stealing money, allegedly um, cussing people out, you know, just doing the most. So people, you know, luckily that smear campaign failed miserably. This smear campaign I went through is also like the one my little sister put me through. It's going to fail. Now, when, like I said, when they start these smear campaigns, they start it while they're love bombing you. So you're thinking everything's cool. Everything's going good. Now they're talking behind your back, telling people anything, whatever they're saying. They're, you know, they, what, what these narcissists do is, these these toxic people do is they pretend like they care. They don't give. A sh- they don't care about you. Cause then later on, when they start devaluing you and that discard happens, you see who the hell they are. But they pretend to other people that they care. So you know the narcissist I was dealing with. People would come up to us, and unfortunately, he was manipulating the hell out of you know um, this organization. Organization I was a part of. I don't think everybody was fooled by him though. I don't, I want to say that I don't think so, but you know, there were some people who, who okay, one person came up to me and I remember we were having a celebration. I had some, I had some alcohol, you know, and they're like, Hey, I noticed, you know, you, you drink it a little bit too much. And maybe I was, but I wasn't drunk. But you know, I remember thinking, why would he come up and say that it's a celebration? Um, But then come to find out, the person who executed this smear campaign, they're telling people that I have a drinking problem and all kinds of stuff, you know, so they're making it look that that's the first, that was the first time that I figured, okay, he's repeating my secrets, or he's repeating things, or he's saying things that are untrue, or I don't know, I just knew that once I had somebody come up to me like that, I knew my secrets were out the door, not that I'm an alcoholic, I'm just saying if somebody can go and manipulate someone to think that, then what the things you do know about me, you're telling. <laughs> That's common sense. You just need an extra. You need some extra spice to your to my truth. So, shit. She's an alcoholic, too, by the way. You know. Um, so, the smear campaign was happening amongst a group of uh, people we knew together. And fast forward. He used, like I said, he used the people that we were, we, we knew together to talk about me. Now the, the what he also, what, what you know, in the smear campaign, um, when he, when he really started revving it up was when I caught things, I caught stuff, I caught on to Possible things he was doing behind my back So um, You know He became worse and worse But let me keep going The smear campaign was be- in the beginning Of our marriage It was little, it was small It was nothing big um, But towards the, be- in the middle He got caught um, One day he was uh, I don't even know what we were arguing about It was hella early in the morning <sighs> You know he probably said something stupid to me, and uh, I I get up and I don't know I'm probably yelling back at him. I don't know what happens. I don't remember. All I remember is that I was mad, and I slammed. As I was shut, I was in my closet looking for something. And I don't think he would just shut. He wouldn't shut up. He just kept, you know, he was like a girl, like da 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 da. You know, have you ever had a woman just yelling and yelling and screaming and yelling in your ear? So he was like that, and so. I was in my closet and I shut the door, but I shut it too hard, you know, it's, I shut it too hard. So he got up from the bed really fast, like a freaking alligator and started screaming in my face while also strangling me, telling me, don't you slam no motherfucking door in my house. Ah, you don't pay rent here. Just talking crazy to me. And I'm just like, wow. You know, and I just calmed down and I don't know. He's I think at that time that's when he's just started. He's like, I'm I wanna divorce you. I wanna leave. And I was like, What the fuck? And so he ends up calling some body at our old place we used to congregate to and this guy's in Puerto Rico with his wife and you know, trying to you know, he was trying to counsel my ex husband, but it's just whatever. So, you know, I, I just, you know, they tried, but he wasn't receiving. So um, he fast for it. Once he did that, I mentioned it to somebody and she told, I think that's what happened. And then they, the man at my old congregation asked, did he do that? Or either I told, I don't know either which way the man touched me. And when the man at our old congregation found out, they really, really ripped it into him. And I think from that point, the physical abuse stopped. For the most part, he would do like weird things like dig into my collarbone or he knew pressure points or, you know, he would take my fingers and bend them all the way back towards my wrist and do it with a smile on his face, trying to pretend like he's playing. You know, we would wrestle on the floor. But sometimes he would, I think when we were playing, he was actually getting joy out of hurting me. But it was with a smile on his face. It was always about power and domination with him. So anyway, after they talked to him, like I said, he stopped purposely in anger hitting me what he did was he started becoming more psych, he became, it was day and night. I mean, this man was not as mentally abusive, but after I, after he got talked to his psychological abuse went through the roof. I mean, this man started just going in on my looks, going in on me as a person. And it wouldn't be all the time. It would be times where, um, I don't know when he was in a mood or when he was dealing with other things. So, um, he was just very brutal with me in his, and he and he was very psychologically damaging to the point where I I I knew I had to leave, but I gave up everything to be in this marriage, so it wasn't it wouldn't be as easy just to leave. So you know I had to plan to get the fuck out. So I remember in February. He decided he wasn't going to buy any more food for the house. I I have money, you know, I have, I have ways to take care of myself, but, you know, we never talked about how things are going to be spent. He insisted on taking care of all the bills in the house and which was cool, but, you know, Nah, I was like, let me help with something. And he just refused. I don't know why he refused to let me help him. It was very crazy to me because he would complain that I'm not helping him. I'm not doing anything. But then when I told him, I will help you. I can get help you. He refused. He refused. So he also just like, you know, he was in his little mood and he was being a little jerk. And he was like, I'm not I'm not going to buy no more food for the house because I don't know. I think I bought some Capri Suns or I bought something he didn't think I needed. it. And so he decided that he wasn't going to buy any more things, anything for the house, no more food. So I said, whatever. So I called my financial manager and I just decided to go buy my own groceries. I was, uh, I think I was, that was in the beginning of the marriage. I just moved to a different city. So I was looking for a job. So I wasn't working and I didn't want to touch my savings, but I had to. But, you know, at that time, I didn't want to touch my savings. I still have money in my checking. So I'm, I'm, but here's the thing. All my money was going towards feeding me and him. So, you know, I just had to figure those things out, meaning he ate a lot buying food. Now I'm nervous to buy food because he's, he's hyper, he's hyper vigilant over what I buy so i just say well let me help with a bill you do the food or whatever you give me a grocery list so i literally would start making grocery lists and i would tell him what i'm buying and i would let him know and i'll even ask for permission to buy the foods that i want whatever meals i was going to cook i let him know what i needed for it just so he wouldn't spaz out but in february i i emailed um my financial advisor and i said hey i need to get the hell out of here can we figure out a you know, place for me to get out. So like I said I wasn't working, so I'm living off of savings and um you know my 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 trust fund I had. So I'm living off of that right now. And my you know I was checking. I'm just living off of money I don't want to touch. But he's the size that he doesn't want to feed. I wasn't working, so whatever. So um whatever. I end up getting money and I end up pulling money out of my checkings and, um, towards the end of the marriage, I think I went through several thousands of dollars, not again, sure why he didn't want me to help him out with the rent or with anything. It was very strange to me. There has to be a calculating reason why he did that, but I know I'm going into the smear campaign, but I'm just letting y'all know, you know, he was just moving kind of weird, Kinda, he was moving weird. So when the food part came, he, you know, I told the people that we were involved with, you know, what he was doing, like, he's not buying food. So they suggested go to the food banks. So I started going to food banks. And he did that same day that he decided to be an asshole. He did send some money to buy some food, but he was, you know, was five, six, five, six o'clock in the morning. He's being an asshole. I just, it wasn't necessary. So, um, I think that's when I just kind of just decided, you know, whatever, I, I, I don't know. So when I told the people that, cause he knew I was going to tell, cause I'm always big on telling I'm like, you're going to do me dirty. Somebody's going to hold you accountable, If I can't God can't. Well, I know you be, you don't like to be you, nobody. He's the type of person that doesn't want nobody knowing his personal inner self. So every time he did something, I told, I was like, I'm not protecting you because you're not protecting me. So, and I I didn't tell family. I just told people like my family, my family, my blood relatives. I told other people that were around us and they got into him. And then um, again, he lies, 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 lies. So the smear campaign, let me go back into that. It also was at his job. So he would, you know, look, I never recorded this man just talking, um, because he, when he was, he was extremely abusive. So he would not yell at me all the time. He was more so calm. He was more calculating what he said. So, um, there's something, there's a traumatic childhood trauma I, I overcame And he would casually bring it up and say, well, how could you get yourself into that situation? How does that happen? What did it feel like? You know, just constantly bringing up something that happened to me in my childhood and then blaming me for it. And of course, you know, you could, if somebody's just nonchalant or just dumb, they're gonna be like, oh, he's, they're just curious. No, he's doing it because he knows that that could cause post-traumatic stress. He knows that that's triggering me. And blaming someone for something that someone else did to them is cowardly. So, of course, I got triggered and I would get pissed off and again, talk to other people about what he's doing because I just didn't think it was right. What I want to say before I keep going into this is that this man and me were not meant to be together. God probably punished the hell out of me because I should have known better and I did. I had people warning me. I had people in my church, the higher ups warning everybody, and I did it. So I will say this when things are not done indecently in order and you don't prove somebody, you will get somebody who the Most High will judge you through, you know? And I thank the Most High for this because there's so much I got out of this. There's so much to. I don't know. I, I, I got, I learned a lot. I pray and ah, I'm going to tell y'all right now i gonna be real with you. Um, I'm still not divorced, correct all the way, but of course men approach me. I don't want no man. I'm so traumatized. I will love again, but I want to really make sure that, um, if that was to happen, it's done correctly. I, Do not believe that I am bounded to this man because I did not commit adultery. Um, I did not fornicate mainly. I did not commit adultery and he decided to leave and all I'm happy. He left because towards the end, I really believe that this man wanted me dead. You know, and the most High just nipped it in the bud. I made a mistake, a huge mistake. I want anybody who listens to this to be a cautionary tale. That when someone warns you not to do something, you should listen. Never marry someone who doesn't love you. Never marry someone because you got a tinkle in your winkle. Never marry somebody out of anything outside of the most high's will. Like you don't want to do that. A lot of times I be watching, you know, I'm, I shouldn't be watching murder mysteries until like I feel safe where I'm at. But I watch Evil Lives here and a lot of the mistakes the women and men make is that they have a whirlwind relationship. When the stories start off like that, you best believe someone's a psycho in that marriage. So y'all, if you guys got a church leader and they say, no, listen, don't ever, don't ever avoid wise counsel. Some people are literally put on earth because the most high whispers in their ears and they can see things. You know, they the most high gives them discernment. And a lot of times, again, when we get married to people we don't know, you get stuff like this. It's it took nothing but the grace of the most high to get me through this. I still sit back with the betrayal I went through and I'm like, how did I get through this? How am I getting through this? It's amazing. So I give all, you know, all things to the and glory to the most high every time. And I'm not ashamed of what I went through because what he did to me is not a reflection of me. That's a reflection of him. What I would be, I was being, I was foolish. I was dumb, you know, but I don't take accountability for anybody's abuse towards me. I never will. I hold people accountable for what they do. You know, when this whole situation is done and over with, there will be legal ramifications. Re- I don't play with my I'm not even about my reputation. What it is, is that. I felt harassed, bullied. Uh, humiliated. My name was drug, dragged dragged in the mud. And there was a lot of crimes going on that were just swept under the rug because. Again. I did um, I I did if you guys scroll down I did a um a, a what is it said a, a letter to I don't know survivors of abuse. <sighs> we people who've been through DV, we typically try to protect our abuser because we end up suffering from Stockholm syndrome, you know, we end up finding we end up, you know, loving our abuser and feeling sorry for them. So, you know, when I met this person Allegedly, this is what he told me. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get because he's stupid. He's he always be trying me. So I'm gonna say this: I was told allegedly, you know, this was out of his mouth, that he was extremely abused as a child. Red flags. I was abused as a child, y'all, and I know, you know, like I was, I was in years of therapy. Years. I'm talking about from my. I think I started in, I was in years of therapy. I mean, years off and on. But collectively, I know my traumas, I know my triggers, I know what I attract, unfortunately. But when someone tells you that they've been through a traumatic childhood and they never took one year, or they never committed themselves to the most high, they have not healed. They just swept that stuff under the rug and eventually it's going to peep through. So that was for me. Now anybody, I don't. I know we all have traumatic childhoods. We all have some things we went through. Some of us, but if I meet someone who hasn't did that inner work, I ain't dealing with them. I'm not gonna deal with them. Hell no. That's a that's a big red flag. You know, what I mean those murder mystery shows, and they be talking about, oh, he had a traumatic childhood, and then he ends up killing everybody in the whole family. No, 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 no. So anyway the I just wanna let y'all know just be careful, take this as a precautionary tale, and this is also me telling my truth because things are gonna go down so um what else? I forgot where I was at so yeah, so the mental abuse was very she was very calm with it, you know, so there be times where I'll have my sister on the phone and I always have my Bluetooth in my ear for the most part sometimes. And so he just thought I was maybe just listening to a video, maybe watching the class, but I had my sister on the phone and she would just hear this man saying the most horrendous, heinous things. Cause here's the thing, y'all, when you deal with these type of people who are doing smear campaigns, who are, um, the, the 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 framing your you know just this making going around creating rumors with half truths. You better get proof that this person is abusive. I that's what I had decided to do. So I had witnesses to his his words towards me. Multiple witnesses, people on three way. He didn't you know. Sometimes he knew. Most times he didn't. But when he was talking to me crazy, you know, I made sure that someone heard it outside of me. So therefore, when things get to the court of law. I always had, you know, outside of, you know, the police, um, outside of, um, advocates, uh, and I forgot, oh, therapists, doctors, outside of those people, I also had care, you know, people who actually heard how he was talking to me. So, um, the smear campaign, when it got too, mind you, this whole time, this man has been talking about me. Just I don't even know half of what he said about me. I just know people start acting different around me. People that we, we both knew start some, some, not all were acting different around me. Um, I was very open and honest about his abuse. I, I don't believe someone who goes through abusive relationships should keep it a secret. That's how things get worse. That's how people die. And I'm I need I need a support. So I was, shoot. I was looking for anybody to support me. But unfortunately, he knew that. So I remember contacting someone in head leadership over our church. And I remember telling him what I was going through. I'm I'm writing shit. I'm incoherent. I'm reading I read back the email I sent him. I'm like, what the hell was I talking about? But you know, because I'm mad. I'm typing. I'm I'm crying. I'm just like, this is just I'm done. And um, I remember I contacted the head leadership at our church and he was at the time, you know, because of the severity of the situation, he was willing to have a meeting and counsel with us. Instead of this man going to get counsel from the, our old congregation, what this thing of the thing decided to do was send my personal medical files and (laughs) recordings. And, you know, I talk, if you look into my, um, look into my description of my page, I talk a lot of weird shit. You cannot clock me for talking my weird shit. I don't know what he, I don't know what he sent to this day. I don't know what he sent, but I know what he did send. was enough to get me kicked, not kicked out. But I was told from our old congregation to study from home. So I'm like, wow. Um, So that happens. And he's just like, honey, honey, ha. You know, like just acting like, you know, once, once he felt like he had power on his side it was done. It was a wrap for me. So I don't know that that email was sent probably in September, early September. And, um, he, you know, he sent up, I, 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 I'm gonna be real with y'all. Everybody who knows me look in my, you know, look in my stuff. I'm very open about my mental health, my surviving, my mental health. Um, so I I what he did was he sent some paperwork that where I was trying to reestablish getting back on some type of benefits and he and I I had they told me to describe and I had to really be exaggerating what I'm going through so I can get that benefit back. So what he did was he sent it and I want to say exaggerating it was what I was going through at that time but he sent it and you know, I was immediately. I felt definitely. I didn't. I didn't know all the way that he sent it until later because it made sense. I was like, "Well, why are they saying I'm unstable?" Makes sense because the same paper he sent them, he put into the court paper, documentation. So I was like, "All right, I see what he did." Um, and I and I'm very open and honest about my survival of childhood trauma. Um, my I survived a lot of shit. So, for anybody to try to come at me to make me feel bad for my mental health for me getting anxiety or panic attacks, I don't get panic- i got a pa- I knew it was definitely done it was done like <laughs> in December, but once I started getting panic attacks, I was like no nah, i can't i can't no i'm I'm like I wasn't able to sleep anxiety um you know I'm gonna be real with y'all this man." Um, I started getting suicide violation again, not saying I was suicidal, but the thoughts I never committed, uh, attempted ever to do any type of, um, suicide, um, ever. But again, through years of therapy, I know that that's part of one of my triggers is like when I'm under a lot of stress and this man was extremely abusive, I was told, How ugly I was, how fat, how just I'm an unbeliever. God doesn't hear my prayers. You know, your family doesn't love you. Your parents failed you. Just kind of just shit every day. And I'm sitting up here trying to cook this man food, keeping his house clean, going to work. And when he was in his moods or when he was just degrading me, he would degrade me to the fullest. So, of course, that triggers that inner child in me. Not even inner child. That just shit was hard to deal with. You know, I felt stuck. I was also around that September before, a little bit months before that, I signed up for a lot of, you know, DV women's shelters. You know, I was, and I'm still having me got in because meant, you know, a lot of people are just, there's a lot of DV going on. So the shelters are closed, but I signed up, I signed up to get out of his house, um, because I just did not want to be homeless, sleeping on the streets in a tent. That wasn't going to happen. So I tried to, with my advocate, I tried to make an escape plan. And so that was part of it was to get, sign up for some form of housing to get out of his home. Um, So I'm i all incoherent. here. I'm not incoherent. here. I'm all over the place, y'all. I'm sorry. But yeah, so he, he, you know, I'm very open and honest about my life. And I think also he went through this whole podcast and he studied the hell out of me. And so he, I think he was trying to break me. Like, you know, I I call myself resilient one for a reason. I know I'm going to have people come after me. I'm not big on exposing people, but this guy right here is doing the most. Is doing the most, you know, for me, um, I just want to move on with my life. I'm like, okay, I need to find my security again. That's where my mind is at. His mind is on, I'm going to ruin this bitch. So at a certain point, you got to turn around and face your opponent. And that's where I'm at right now. And I'm not facing him with anger, bitterness. Um, You know, this is not revenge because, you know, I truly believe the Most High will vengeance is the Lord so for me to be like ha ha I'm gonna get this I could I could if it was me doing what I wanted to do it would be over for him it would be over I'll come down hard on him like a hammer like I when people do things illegally and they leave themselves open for um, future litigation issues you're done see that's the thing so <laughs> he sent these recordings to these to this uh, organization and I to this day I don't know since you know that's embarrassing within itself because I'm at home having a conversation with someone and they're literally just sitting there recording just normal normal conversations Just me talking maybe my thoughts I have no idea what he sent but he was like he was like a freaking demon sitting up there plotting on me I'm, and just sitting up there like trying to paint this picture of me with my own words like that's cool but what I talk about is what I talk about why is it need to be recorded and sent up to other people for you to for for them to sit I, like that's weird you know anytime I recorded him it was when he was being abusive that's what the state of the state I'm in you, they got heavy wiretapping fraud laws So you can't just record someone In a regular conversation They have to have You have to have consent I never gave that man consent to record Any private conversations If he has any recordings of me acting a fool I guarantee if the whole thing plays out You're going to hear why Because he probably all the time Starts, to sh- starts it Then he takes the recorder And he records me like some little chump. And I asked him, how many recordings you have of me? And he said, millions. He used to sit in the house and I used to be on the phone with people. And he would sit around, you know, he was fucking weird. Fucking weird. It's creeping me out too. I would be like in the kitchen. I'll be talking to my sister or somebody. And then he would, you know, just be around the corner, just either on the floor or just sitting there listening to my conversation. And sometimes he would record it. There'd be times where I'd take a shower. Like I would want to lock the door because he was creeper. Like he would come in the bathroom, try to come in the bathroom while I'm taking the shower. And I'm like, you know, I started locking the door. He became very angry about that. But sometimes he would just be outside the bathroom sitting on the floor with his legs crossed, like a child just listening to me, talking to whomever I was talking to. He was very obsessed about getting clues, getting hints, you know, just try. It was like, he was like a detective trying to dissect me. So therefore he can expose me later. So yeah, after he sent the recordings, I was, I was, I, I- I, 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 I was just done, you know, that was just too much. You know, I, I, I was in, I ended up being separated from a huge support system that I could have had. Um, It was just very dark. You know, he would go to go to the church and rub it in my face, how he gets to go and how I have to stay home. He said, that's why nobody likes you. Nobody wants you there you're a loser. You're crazy. Even they think you're crazy. You know, they said you're unstable. So once I was considered unstable too, and he felt like he had someone on his side to back up his, to back up what he felt or what he thinks I am, because see, like I said, they use half-truths. So yeah, I have, sometimes I get panic attacks, rarely. Sometimes I get anxiety, rarely. But At that time, I was getting them and he used my medical file against me, which was dirty, heavily violating, extremely violating. Considering that this man works in a hospital, it's just in a military hospital at that. The fact that he was willing to violate someone's privacy like that. And even though I wasn't, I didn't mean nothing to him as a wife to violate his wife that says a lot about his character. How can the military trust him if he's willing to do that? How can the military trust him if he's willing to sit there and record? Like I looked up security clearances and that's one of the major things is like your code of conduct outside of the, 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 the military and for, you know, area. So for him to send private things and, um, do that. It was, it was, it was to me just illegal. Um, and I, and I definitely did report that to the police because that was violating. And I, and I did go and I reported it to every official that it fitted under because that caused me a lot of trauma. It hurt me. Um, to be isolated, and he even brought it up in the paper. Like, I only reason I went to this advocate was because I was isolated because I didn't, I, you know, I was basically kicked out of our old congregation. So he planned this all up, he planned it. <laughs> he was a little mastermind, but see, the most high got something for people like that. So, fast forward. Yeah, um, No, back forward. Let's go back. Um, The fights started getting worse. So that all happened in September, but the fights started getting worse after um, I found something in his car that some woman left behind. So he would tell the man at the, you know, Harvest Samaria campaign was to tell these gaslight these men into believing that he loves to make me look like I'm jealous and insecure. So what he would do is he would flirt. He would go tell me how he finds certain people around us that we had mutual people. We knew that how he found certain people attractive. Um, he would, to me, flirt a little bit too much, even if we weren't in our congregation. Outsiders, people, women walking past, you know, we married each other, not based on anything in particular, God wasn't our focus. It wasn't his focus, I'll say. And it definitely wasn't our focus when we got married. So of course, things like a man looking at other women, if you marry someone for lust, that lust demon ain't going to go away. That's common sense. But it's like, okay, I'm right here though, bro. So can we knock it off? It's embarrassing. And he wouldn't stop. And I, I kept bringing it up. And he would do it in front of me and I would talk to, you know, I, I'll be upset because, you know, no woman wants to be around a dude who's checking out other women in front of them. It's, it's embarrassing. Like do that alone if you're going to do something like that. And so he would go and tell some of the people at our old place that we used to go to that I'm jealous, I'm insecure. And I remember someone even telling me, like, you need to work on your security. I'm like, I, it's not about my insecurity. This guy is flirting openly with other women. Other women are openly flirting with him, and I'm just standing there. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's not insecurity. It's just really bad rude behavior. I don't like that shit. I don't care. I don't care who it is. There's a common thing for respect because there's a nice looking man out here too. But guess what? I'm not gonna disrespect no man I'm with and and flirt with some other dude. Like that's not that's not you know that's not right. That's weird. So. <sighs> he, he would have people thinking I'm insecure. I'm, I'm jealous. So when I found items in his car from women, either previous during our relationship, I would, I would confront him on it, you know, sometimes, and he would go and tell people, Oh, she's finding things. This car I had, I had it for three years. I never cleaned it. I'm like, well, why is it every time I come in here, there's new things of hair? Why is there hair ties, hair, you know, just stuff, this women leaving stuff in this car. So one time I was in the car and I decided to kind of clean up the area where I was at. I cleaned it up. I was like, okay, if I see one thing in here and I try, sometimes I got in his car and I just looked straight ahead. I didn't want to look around. I told myself, don't, don't be looking through his stuff no more. This is going to drive you crazy. So I stopped. But unfortunately, that day, it was hot as hell. I needed some water. I'm sitting in his passenger seat. He's inside our old place we used to congregate at and he comes out. No, he's in there. I'm looking for some water and I get my water. I look down. I'm like, hmm, what's that? So I look and I see that there's a hair tie again in his car. And I was like, what? And I was like, was this here before? You know, I'm trying to remember. But then when I pick it up, I'm like, this is not a hair tie. This is actually a choker. And then inside the choker, the person made it into like a hair tie. And it had all this hair around it. And so my heart's going thumped thump, thump, thump. Because I was like, I don't remember seeing this. I get out and I tell one of the the brothers and I actually I talk I don't know if I talked to his wife or him first but you know his wife no, I talked to his wife first and she was just like she just told me sis just leave it and you know I left it and then her husband's looking at his his wife and she's you know he can see on his wife's face like ooh and so he's like what and then she was like and then you know he's like sis oh, I was about to say my name he's like. <laughs> To, he's like just leave it So I left it you know they said Leave it leave it okay I drove it th- he said throw it down the floor I throw it down the floor At that time I'm we're just you know I'm she's you know His his wife is just shaking her head like sis You know you know, she, you know She's trying to comfort me in her best way Possible and Her husband's just you know I I, I just feel the vibes the whole situation Was all messed up so I'm like Alright just go home and I was just like, "Oh my God, this is horrible." And anyway, I'm about to get back into the car, and I'm, you know, the the my husband, he's coming out, and he, you know, he sees that again. There's a vibe; he can see it. And they're like, "He's like what?" And then the guy points to the ground, and my ex-husband picks the necklace up, and he's up. He you know he try to keep his cool, so. I get in the car and he's like this is why he said, this is why we can't be married just starts yelling screaming at me he was cool at first it was when we got on the freeway that's when he started screaming um he was so angry that he started uh, he ended up swerving into the other lane because he was about to punch me in my face and he stopped himself and he said this is why we can't be married and he's like basically he said either he was gonna he saw he he was gonna hurt me it felt like he, if he would have punched me, it would have, it would have been all fucked up. So he stopped himself. Excuse my language, you guys. Um, so he stopped himself, and I think when we got home, it was just he. It was from there. It just the relationship. It was already over, but it was definitely done. So the the, the that's around late June was when he became the monster. Um, the monster came out, the nightmare came out, the, the real him, the, the, the fake him, the nice guy, all that crap. It just was kind of, it disappeared. You know, he started to, um, he, he, he just started messing with me more and more and more. And, um, mind you guys, I wrote down everything this man has ever, almost everything he has ever said to me. I used to like, I would, um, you know, I would just write it down. I would write down, okay, you know, he called me a bum-ass bitch. You know, I wonder why. I was like, why are you calling me a bum? Oh, because he planned on making me homeless. So he would call me all these names, and I have it just written down. I, I documented this man heavy. So if I'm not being detailed in everything he did, it, it will definitely be in the court documentations. Um, you know, I, had, I just wrote it down because I was like, all right, Whatever. So June. So September. So June, July, he stopped. He basically he stopped having sex with me. Um not all the time. We had sex sometimes, but it was like maybe once a week compared to having sex three times a week, four times a week. It just, you know, it just went to nothing. And you know, I can't say he was cheating but definitely there was huge signs of it you know just so um, you know I, I would tell you know this is even in the court documentations he even said this he said she would have to go tell people and she would beg me for sex like okay and I would tell the organization we we're part of like he's not having sex there'd be multiple times because that was his way of degrading me like and embarrassing me because what woman wants to tell groups of people my husband doesn't want to have sex with me they're gonna start looking at you weird you know they're gonna start thinking something's wrong with you you know it was just that that man was trying to embarrass me and degrade me and make me feel like I was undesired so for me personally I had to work through of course not cheating um, you know, at that time, the devil was working hard on me, trying to bring all kinds of temptations my way. Of course, I duck and dogged, dodged every temptation, even now. Um, so if that happened. He, so June, like I said, done. The smear campaign was really heavy after the recordings and paperwork was sent to that organization because now, and nobody, I don't know if anybody knew, you know, no, I don't think they knew. I don't think the people in that congregation, like the leadership knew why I was not able to come. They, they didn't know, but the people he sent it to, they knew. I personally didn't know. I was never informed as to why I had to stay home. So it was, it was, I was, I was going around asking questions like, why am I at home? What's going on? Why am I at home? And, you know, the, over that time, this man was going around playing like, yeah, she's at home. She's, you know, you know, I just got to deal with this dragon at home. She's just so, I'm a new brother. She chased me. She stalked me. Like that was another thing. Like he loved to make me look like I was a stalker his side chick, whatever the hell she is, he had her thinking I was stalking her. I don't know who else he has thinking I'm stalking them. I'm pretty sure the majority of the chicks he scooped back up his trash bags of women. I'm pretty sure they all think I'm stalking them. I ain't stalking nobody, but he accused me of stalking d- throughout the relationship, even before the relationship began. A lot of the men were like, leave her alone. Don't touch her. Don't leave, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Don't, don't leave her alone. Like just warning him to mess, not to mess with me when it should have been the other way around. But, you know, but that was because again, if they were warning him like that, that means that he was saying something to them. Or again, I had, I I don't want to go into the reputation part of men, but I had a lot of, you know, there's, there's a reputation about me there and he used that against me too. Like. Everything he was just evil So they were telling him To leave me alone and he was telling them She's stalking me she pursued me She wanted me She wants to get married she was You know there was a thing about oh she's looking For a husband and then you found this Weak brother who's new and so That was the that once he heard That little bit of somebody saying I don't know who said it but once He heard that he ran with that whole Narrative even though I never pursued this man. He was the first one to get into my inbox. He was the first one to communicate and start a conversation. That was not the case, but we both were, you know, we both were contemplating, should we do this? And so when he would go and try to push himself away, of course, I felt some, you know, I was lustful and I felt a connection. I wanted to talk to him. So we both just never left each other alone. And that's all that happened. But in his mind, He created this storyline that I am a stalker and that I pursued him when it never happened that way. I have screenshots. I have all, you know, he was such a, Ooh, excuse me. He was such a slime ball that what he did was he, you know, he, on Messenger, you can, you know, he blocked me on everything. I hope. Let's go into that. I'm going to go into that. But on Messenger, you have this button where you can delete all c- conversations. It'll come back once that person logs back into that Messenger. So all you see is correspondence on my end. But I screenshot it because I was I was never I never pursued this man, but to our old congregation, I did. Um. So, he has zero proof that he could show that I pursued him. There's zero. Nothing. Maybe I showed that I was interested by talking to him a bit too long, maybe a minute. I don't know, but I never pursued this man. Never. So, and I just wanted to get into that. So, another smear campaign tactic he used was the blocking. So, he would follow he would tell me like you know cover up you know i i, I try to be, i'm definitely modest but sometimes my clothes you know whatever they, they they're hit and miss so you know there'll be times where my boobs might be showing too much and not cleavage or anything but they're you know my check my shirt might be a little bit too tight and i you know maybe whatever he would always nitpick on my outfits Always nitpick on my clothing, how I'm dressing, making sure I'm all the way covered up. You know, didn't like too much makeup. But when it came to the women he would follow, and that would follow him back, they were the total opposite. They were non-believers. They did not believe in God. Um, some of the women he still, you know, associates with are weed heads. Um, but the, allegedly. But I'm just saying, you know, he told these men that I was stalking his social media and I was harassing women. That's not the case. What the case was, was that I would look. Okay, so (sighs) this, I, okay, sorry. So I would look at his uh, social medias. And there was one particular woman that just popped out of the blue. And I realized I'm going to have to end this. I will be right back, you guys.